All right. Good morning, everyone. I'm very surprised to see everyone here on a Friday morning this early. Um, it's been a long week for everybody, including myself. Um, thank you for joining me today. Uh, my name is Damien Wiley. I'm the product manager for Amazon Managed Streaming for Kafka. And I would like to take this time to uh, walk through the ins and outs of the service. Uh, by the end of this presentation, you'll have the opportunity to ask questions. There's two mics. Please uh, come up to the mic and uh, ask questions that you may have about the service. Um, we'll, we'll touch on Kafka basics, but uh, my assumption is, is that most folks here uh, understand what Kafka is. And um, we won't dive deep into Kafka. We can go for days there. Um, so we'll, we'll start uh, with the service, go high level, and go deep. Um, We'll also talk about uh, what Kafka is used for, so the data that customers are processing and driving through Kafka, some of the use cases, how Kafka operates, and then uh, we'll dive into the service, how to get started. Um, we'll do a quick comparison of, and this is actually a popular question that I've, been, I've received this week, which is, uh, how do you compare uh, Amazon MSK, which is abbreviated for Managed Streaming for Kafka, with uh, Kinesis Data Streams? And uh, well, throughout this, there's going to be a demo kind of halfway through, and then we'll uh, close the demo towards the end. Data on your devices, in the cloud, everywhere is generated continuously. Um, most customers are typically working with data in, in batch. Uh, well, that's changed with the advancement of these real-time technologies uh, that we have at our disposal. Um, Data comes from mobile applications. It comes from your uh, EC2 instances. comes from your IoT devices. The point is here, it's all generated continuously. So why, why process it in batch when you can process it continuously? Um, this is a, a be, when, when customers are processing in batch, what happens is they uh, effectively delay the, the, the delay the amount of time that they can get value out of their data. And one other thing that they don't realize is it can also be transformed continuously. Um, data, as it comes in to, um, say, Kafka or Kinesis Data Streams, customers can transform that data on the fly and then load that data into a downstream data store or present it to an application um, uh, that is uh, ready for that data. This graph shows um, the, the value of data as it diminishes over time. And it's, it's intuitive to think about it. And when you, when you see uh, in the left axis, excuse me, in the y axis, you have uh, value. And then the, and then the x axis, you have uh, time. And as the data ages, the value of that data uh, also declines over time. So why not process it in real time? Why not transform it in real time to get the most you can out of this data. This is what Kafka is used for. Apache Kafka allows you to capture data in real time. It allows you to collect it from a variety of different sources and process the data and get real-time insights as well. It's a, uh, I like to think of Kafka as a Swiss Army knife for uh, real-time data. Um, it's a very flexible tool, very powerful. Um, it's been running for years in production environments from uh, customers, Fortune 500 
um, down to, down to uh, the fast-growing startups we all know. Kafka is, is oftentimes used as a, uh, as a uh, oh, going to use cases here. It's oftentimes used as a message bus between uh, one application or set of applications and other applications. It's now being more used for real-time analytics of clickstream data, of logs, of uh, IoT events, of uh, you name it. You, if you want to analyze data in real time, typically customers are looking at Kafka or Kinesis for that. The, another big use case that's coming up is the transaction and event sourcing use case. We're seeing a lot of customers driving events from databases. Uh, change, data, change data capture is a very fast growing use case for streaming data where customers want to have a, a stream those changes from a database, tailing a bin log, for example, and those, those changes run into Kafka where they have applications that are reading from, from Kafka in real time so that you have this decoupled uh, view of the database so that those applications that are also want access to what's going on in the database, they don't have to be hammering it, which is expensive. Um, it's also very useful for decoupling your microservices. So if you're building a platform of microservices, Kafka is also used as a data store for those microservices. Um, and finally, uh, I briefly covered this already, but if, if you can process data in real time, why not do it and transform it as well um, rather, than, rather than transforming that data in uh, a batch process, process uh, in your data lake. At a high level, this is Kafka. Um, it, it starts with, uh, you have brokers, which typically are EC2 instances, and, uh, the, and the cluster is also supported by a Zookeeper node for state management uh, within the cluster. You have producers and consumers. The producers produce data, like the, uh, the servers and uh, the IoT devices, they're producing data. And then you have consumers that are, that are reading data from, from Kafka. What I have here is in the green and, the, and uh, green and blue are partitions, which Kafka provides. I'll dive into it in a bit. But uh, Kafka is also allows you to really easily create a highly available cluster um, so that if one of those brokers were to go down, that you're not going to, uh, your, your cluster will still continue to operate. And that's what uh, I show here is there's a, actually a replication mechanism baked into Kafka that, that uh, our customers uh, rely on to uh, maintain high availability. So this is an, uh, at a, a level deeper. Within Kafka, there's this notion of a topic, which is effectively a logical grouping of partitions. And uh, a partition is... Um, is effectively a commit log for data. And this is, this is the subtle nuance, but it's actually what really differentiates uh, a service like Kafka, or excuse me, a, a technology like Kafka to um, say a queue, where uh, data within a partition is stored for a specific period of time, and it's made available to any applications that are reading from it. Um, whereas a queue, you'll have data that's coming in, and the objective of the queue is to enable, uh, get that data read by, um, could be any application in parallel, and that data typically disappears after it's read. Well, in Kafka, you can have independent applications reading from that data within a partition. So as you can see here, oh, and one other point is, is the data is always ordered within, within uh, the partition, and that is, that is a, a very powerful tool 
to uh, use at your disposal because you can, you can actually use that to uh, understand the state of, of say, uh, what has happened from a specific resource over time. So within, you, we, we've already covered the, the topic, but on the consumer side, consumers are reading data in the same order that it was generated. So uh, there's this notion of an offset, which allows the consumers to understand what, where their position is within the topic, and they're reading data, and then they're going to the next uh, record. So that, that allows the consumers to also maintain order. Now, this, this slide covers um, what some of you probably have experienced with running Kafka on your own. And uh, the first, first point that we cover here is, is the setup cost of, of Kafka. Well, it might be you can quickly get started with it on your, on your laptop and uh, run it on a few brokers and, and get some data in and out. But uh, it is difficult to set up for production. Um, and that is uh, something that our customers have told us that, for example, when you're running Kafka, you have to set it up so that uh, the brokers themselves automatically heal when they go down. Uh, that way your production workloads can continue to, to run in case of a node failure. Same goes with Zookeeper. Um, that, that means it's also equally hard to achieve high availability if you are continuously uh, managing the Kafka cluster on your own. You don't have, you don't have automation set up. You may not have alarms on, on uh, those brokers or those resources that Kafka uh, requires uh, that you run behind the scenes. And also, you don't have a console or visible metrics. Um, Kafka provides metrics that you can consume from, um, but it doesn't provide a, a console or a nice user experience for you to get started. It's also tricky to scale. Um, when you add brokers, for example, you have to then migrate partitions on your own and um, scaling with Kafka can be difficult. It also doesn't come included with AWS integrations, those integrations that are required uh, to run uh, real-time applications within an AWS environment. And then finally, and most important, uh, we hear this a lot, where customers who really want to use Kafka, they, don't have, uh, they may not have the, the resources available or the, the, the skill set to, to run the infrastructure, nor do they want to. And so what we've heard is, is, is uh, they would like AWS to provide the infrastructure, uh, take their expertise of running infrastructure at scale and apply it to Kafka so they can focus more on their applications. This is what Amazon managed, these are the problems that Amazon managed streaming for Kafka solves. It is a fully managed, highly available, and secure service for Apache Kafka. It's in preview today. Um, we've had some questions of whether this is a gated preview or not. Everyone has access to this preview. Uh, you can go to the console and uh, create your own cluster uh, today within the US East uh, region. Getting started with, with Kafka is easy because what we do is we take uh, Apache Kafka version 1.1 and we pre-install it on those brokers and set up Zookeeper automatically for you so you don't have to worry about it. Um, it comes with an API and a console for provisioning the cluster uh, so that you have, you have fine-grained control over uh, resource management and a really easy, easy to use mechanism for it. 
Clusters are set up automatically. Uh, it'll take a few minutes, but uh, we'll get those clusters up and running uh, for you. You don't have to apply any custom configuration. It comes with a Apache Kafka default configuration that we're uh, de deploying to the cluster automatically. And you can also uh, tear down and, and deploy new clusters on demand, uh, depending on, uh, you know, if you, if you need to just quickly set up a dev test environment, d tear it down, uh, you can quickly and easily do that within, uh, within our service. All right, so let's show you what that might look, or what that looks like in the console. So you can, you can see here in the AWS Management Console, uh, the service is MSK. I already have a cluster set up here, um, and I'm gonna use that throughout the demo, but I'm gonna show you the creation process. So you have a name, uh, a VPC, and we'll, we'll, we'll touch on the details here of, of actually how it works, but I'm just gonna go ahead and um, select a VPC. This is, a, this is the VPC that the cluster is privately connected to. And you'll have an availability zone um, and a subnet for each availability zone that you're running the cluster in. The, uh, by default, we're only providing a three of, uh, AZ cluster during preview, so it's highly available by default. Uh, when, we, when we are generally available, you'll have the option to create uh, a cluster that has a custom uh, con configuration so that you may or may not want three AZ availability, or three, your cluster deployed across three AZs, you may want two AZs, possibly one AZs for, uh, one AZ for a, a, a dev test workload. Simply set, tell us how many brokers you want uh, deployed per availability zone, and uh, I'm gonna dive into some of these advanced details here as well. The, uh, these settings can be changed, by the way, within the CLI. Uh, we'll, we'll, during the preview period, we'll allow you to change some of these settings. So if you want to deploy a different instance type, not just M5 large, you can do that. If you want to change the storage volume size, you can do that. Uh, that's, that's all available in the CLI in the preview period. Um, we are applying encryption at rest, which I'll touch on in a second, um, through the use of EBS. So there's a default master key uh, CMK that we're using for that, and uh, you can also use your own as well. So it, then you just create the cluster, and we'll we'll take care of uh, deploying that for you. So let's go back to the let's go back to the uh, well, actually let's before we do that I'm going to start I'm going to put some traffic through through this other cluster. So I've got. Um, an EC2 instance, actually two EC2 instances that I've created here. Um, and what I'm doing is just using the, the Kafka um, test CLI scripts to drive traffic in and out of this cluster. And what I'm doing is, is I'm, I'm, I'm going to be driving traffic into this Damien's demo cluster um, using this, this command here. Uh, let's see. All right, so we've got traffic rolling into this cluster. Um, I have another client here that I'm gonna use. Uh, let's see if the same problem is there. It's not, okay. This is the consumer. And uh, I'll also show you uh, quickly in the CLI, we've got, uh, I'm 
show you what the response looks like for describe. Um, and specifically, I want to call out that the Zookeeper Connect string is use, very useful for creating topics. I'm not going to go through the topic creation workflow, but uh, you can find that here. And uh, also, the uh, bootstrap. This is useful for driving data uh, in and then also getting data out of the cluster because this is uh, required. This string is required for that, and I use that here in this in this demo. Okay, so uh, back to the console. Um, I'm not sure if this is showing up yet, but we should start seeing data here. But while that's going, I'm going to flip back to the presentation and move move on. So in, in preview, uh, we are we have fully automated the, the life cycle of your brokers in Zookeeper nodes. So if, for example, if one of those failed, we'll we're going to take care of it for you. That means we're going to automatically detect that failure and then uh, reintroduce a new node. So the IPs remain intact. So, um, and then finally, patches, if there's any patches that are uh, required throughout, um, throughout the time that you're running the cluster, we're going to automatically apply those for you. At GA, it's likely we'll have a, a service level agreement. I can't say exactly what that's going to be, um, but it's, it, we, we plan to have a service level agreement for, for Kafka, or excuse me, for our managed service of Kafka, for Kafka. And also, you'll be able to upgrade versions of Kafka. And I'll, uh, so how that'll work is we'll do a rolling upgrade. You can select, a, a, say, version 2.x, and uh, that version will, will be deployed to your cluster in a rolling process. So we'll take down each, each of the nodes one by one uh, automatically for you uh, to maintain uh, availability. Zookeeper is fully managed. You don't even have to think about it. Um, you don't provision Zookeeper. Zookeeper, it's under the hood. We have, we have a highly, for with each cluster, it's highly available. You have, um, uh, access to it through that uh, connect string, but other than that, it's it's fully managed. You don't have to think about it. We'll take care of it for you, and it's included at no additional cost. <laughs> Thank you. When when it's generally available, you'll be able to scale your cluster. So adding more brokers to an already created cluster. Right now, in, in preview, when you set up a cluster, uh, it's set at, the, at a fixed number of brokers. Um, you can add more of the same type of broker to the cluster, or you can add more of a different type. Um, so if you want to scale up vertically and go from an M5 large to a 2X, 2XL, you can do that. Um, in, in this, is a, this shouldn't necessarily be in GA, because uh, the partition reassignment tooling works today. Um, all of the Kafka APIs work today out of the box. I know that might be a question in the top of mind. Um, we are fully compatible with Apache Kafka version 1.1.1. So that means if you have clients that are running, uh, they should continue to work with, with the service. You'll be able to apply a custom configuration to the cluster. Uh, right now, the, 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 we have a default configuration that we're using. You'll be able to upload your own configuration to the cluster, and we'll apply it automatically. And then we will also auto-scale your storage. So if, if you have a um, uh, M5 with one terabyte of storage and you're, you're slowly approaching that storage limit, we can automatically increment that storage for you uh, without your involvement. 
We are deeply integrated with a number of services and we're going to continue integrating with a lot of other AWS services that you love to use. First is VPC. So your clusters by default is they require private connectivity. That means the clients that are running in your VPC uh, are privately connected to our cluster through an ENI, Elastic Network Interface. And there's no public endpoints. It's purely uh, driving. You, you have to. You have your clients must be in your VPC or connected to your VPC. You can use you can use VPC peering to, uh, uh, for for example, have a client in a different account and interact with the cluster. Um, but that private connectivity was a big ask from our customers, and uh, we're providing it by default for all clusters. KMS integration is included, so if you uh, have a, a KMS key you want to apply to storage at rest, we'll automatically encrypt that data for you. IAM is uh, governing the use of your AWS APIs for provisioning the brokers and the clusters. Um, the APIs for Kafka are, are, are not uh, governed by IAM, that's still the open source version of uh, of those APIs, we're not changing those APIs, um, so that you can you have fine-grained control over who and what can create and tear down uh, resources within your clusters. We're driving the metrics from Kafka into CloudWatch on a broker topic and uh, for brokers topics and Zookeeper, and we're using M5 instances uh, in preview. It's, we're, we'll expand that portfolio based on your feedback. So uh, if you need different instance types, please let us know. And we're using GPT storage for uh, EBS. And it's available in US East. In GA, you'll have the capability to tag your, your resources within a cluster. CloudTrail will be supported. CloudTrail is likely to be supported in the next couple of weeks. Um, CloudFormation, and then also uh, will be offered worldwide. This is what the service does for you. It makes Kafka, Apache Kafka, more available to you. More available to you, especially if you've never used Kafka before and are not familiar with the overhead required to run the infrastructure that it, uh, that it runs on. We're taking the best practices that we know through years of experience running a uh, service, Amazon Kinesis, uh, that is a very, it's a, it's a similar yet different service, but taking those best practices and also applying them to the resource management uh, within uh, MSK. And we're also using uh, best practices offered by uh, the, within Apache Kafka and we're, we're making them easy for, for you to access. So in summary, what this does is it allows your developers, you, to focus more on the application development and less on the infrastructure management. And we'll continue to make uh, strides on, on, on that by driving the, the feedback that we get from you and our service back into the open source versions of Kafka. So whether you're running Kafka in our service or not, we're committed to driving and improving the open source versions of Kafka. Um, based on the feedback that we get and also uh, our experience using it. You'll see more of that as we, as we move along. So this is a summary of how it works. Um, so in, on the right, you have your clients. They're within your VPC. 
And um, the ENI is not shown here. We should add it to this. But the, uh, those, those resources on the right are communicating to driving traffic to our cluster within our service managed VPC. Um, and those are also uh, within subnets. The Zookeeper itself can be connected to uh, through, your, uh, through, through your VPC. But uh, this is a good, good high-level summary of, of, of how it works from a networking perspective. Here's some of the defaults that we're deploy deploying to your clusters in preview. Um, I'm not going to read through these, but uh, if you're familiar with Kafka, this is, these, are, these probably look familiar to you. Pricing is on demand. And it's prorated, so if you turn off your cluster, the, the billing stops, and it's prorated to the second. Broker's, broker pricing starts at 21 cents an hour, and the storage pricing is, is 10 cents per gigabyte month. How to compare the two services? Amazon Kinesis Streams has been around for a while. We, we built it five years ago at, and shipped it at reInvent. And it has a very similar, uh, if you look at it from a, 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 a low level, they share uh, the, uni the, the commit log as a uh, uh, shared resource. So if you, if you look at what a partition is and what a shard is, they're identical uh, to a certain degree. And then a topic is synonymous with the stream. It's a logical grouping of, of, of uh, shards or partitions. And therefore, the use cases also overlap because the, at, at, at the root, this commit log uh, really enables the, the use cases. But there are some other differences that are worth noting. Um, for us, we are indifferent on whether you want to use Kinesis. If you want to use Kafka, that's great. Um, the, the core differences at a very high level are Amazon Kinesis Streams has an API that is AWS specific, so the data, the data plane and calls going in and out of Kinesis data streams um, are uh, authorized by IAM, for example. Uh, it, it has a throughput provisioning model, so if, you're, if uh, you, you provision on a shard level on a very small increment, uh, one megabyte at a time, and it also allows you to seamlessly scale your, your streaming capabilities up and down. Um, it's, which can lead to typically lower costs compared to running Kafka because the, the provisioning model allows you to closely match your streaming needs and allows you to scale up and scale down um, as you go. And, and finally, it has a, a head start in the deep integrations, uh, AWS integrations that, uh, are, that you require for your streaming, streaming needs. However, we're gonna, we're, we are committed to also catching up uh, Amazon MSK with those integrations, but there's likely going to be a head start uh, because a lot of those integrations, or some of those integrations may require um, uh, us to work with the open source community to make it happen, so it might take a little bit more time to uh, integrate Kafka with, with the services that uh, Amazon Kinesis Data Streams has. Amazon MSK, on the other hand, you have open source compatibility with Kafka. So if you're running Kafka on your own today or anywhere in any environment, you can uh, take your applications or your consumers and your producers and you can migrate them uh, to interact with uh, the clusters within our service seamlessly. Um, 
it has strong third-party tooling. So if you look at the ecosystem surrounding Kafka, uh, it is vast and, and very deep. Uh, Kafka has a cluster provisioning model. So, excuse me, Amazon MSK has a, a, a cluster provisioning model. So if you, uh, if you compare that to Kinesis with a, a sh uh, the shard-based model, um, it has its differences. You're provisioning larger blocks of capacity up front, um, which, which can lead to uh, some over-provisioning. Uh, scaling isn't, isn't seamless to clients. As, as much as you'd like it to be, it's not. Um, so if, you're, if, if you are scaling up your brokers, it, uh, the, it is visible to your clients on the produ uh, production and consumption side. Um, there also is an advantage that you, get, you, can, you can tune your clusters to get a lot better raw performance out of, out of, uh, out of Kafka. And um, also it comes with a variety of different tools, uh, features that are, the rich features that are included with Kafka by default, like log, log compaction and um, exactly once that we, we don't have uh, support for in Kinesis data streams. But in the end, what this is all about is providing you with another choice. It's, it's, a, it's you have, we had uh, Amazon Kinesis and that provided a fully managed experience. We wanted to provide our customers who love Kafka, who just want to build applications with a choice to run uh, their applications with a uh, fully managed service. And that is why we have uh, Amazon MSK as another option for you. So my, uh, I'm going to go back here to my Let's see here. So my production and consumption stops. Unfortunately, my, my, uh, I've already outlived that here on, on these metrics. But one thing I want to show you here is, is we've, uh, we've, we've demonstrated what happens when uh, uh, the recovery process for if a broker did go down. And that's what you're seeing here. As you can see, within uh, this period of time, uh, we've, we've taken down a broker, and, or a broker failed, and we've replaced that uh, broker automatically for you. All right, well, this is your time to ask me questions. Uh, thank you, and uh, you're up if you'd like, like uh, to go. Thanks. Uh, go ahead and use the mic. Two quick questions. So do you happen to know when GA might be available? We're targeting first half of next year. OK, and the second question is, this has no ability to use streaming data from on-prem to the cloud. You can drive streaming data on-prem in, into the service. So I should be able to. You, you can do that. We don't have a managed capability that makes it easy for you to replicate data, but you can, you can use other tools to, to do that. There's a variety, of, uh, there's, a, there's a number of tools that allow you to replicate data from on-prem into, into a Kafka cluster within the cloud. But I mean, using on-prem applications to actually write into Kafka, into MKS? Yes, you can. I can? Yes. OK, thanks. Yep. Are there message uh, size limitations or data retention limitations? No. 
Uh, data retention is fully customizable. You can, um, it's, it's just bound by the amount of storage that you have within your cluster, as if you're running on your own. Does using this service result in visible EC2 instances in your account? That's, uh, no, they do not. So they're, they're abstracted from you. Um, but the, the way that you interact with those instances is through the APIs that we provide within our service. Does it consume IP addresses from your VPC address space? I'm not sure on that one. Yes. I have, an, I have a, my, my sidekick over here is nodding his head. That is, that is yes. Uh, uh, I, I noticed on the the frequently asked questions that there's no support or there's no uh, transport encryption. Not yet, but that's something we plan to add. Okay. And uh, what's the authentication model between the client or like the Kafka client and, the cl and like a producer and the broker? Uh, you can use the Kafka ACLs for that. Okay. But uh, it's just like a like a shared secret kind of thing. Uh, I'd have to. Maybe we can uh, sure. answer that offline. Thank you. Yeah. Go ahead. The, um, uh, for Zookeeper, can we connect directly to it to connect to other tools that need it for monitoring and things like that? Um, no, but we're open to discussing that as an option. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the second one's kind of tied together. Um, when it comes to monitoring, which kind of ties into Zookeeper, do we have access to the JMX port directly, or can you show us all the metrics that are available? Kafka is very metric rich, and are we losing any of that? Uh, you don't have, there are some metrics that we provide. We're not providing all of the metrics from, from Zookeeper, um, but, and you don't have access to the JMX. Okay, thanks. I want to repeat the question that was asked earlier. So there are no limits on data size, payload size, right. as well as retention. Retention, I understand, because these are managed uh, clusters. You know, I think uh, you'll be charging by you know, the fleet size. But uh, data size, you know, the payload size, it can be anything, 1 MB, 100 MB, 256 MB. Yeah, those, those limits are defined by your configuration of Kafka. OK. Awesome. Yep. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's not like the Kinesis model where there's s set limits. And then are there any SLAs associated with it? Like, you know? We plan to have an SLA over, over uh, at GA, yes. But not, uh, not today. Sorry, I did not understand that. We don't have, when the service is generally available, we plan to have an SLA. Okay, sounds good, yep. thanks. Okay. Uh, TLS support and ECL support, uh, is it planned for GA? Or is it available right now? Um, it, it, if not, it will be around that period of time. Okay. And 2.0 will be before GA or supporting 2. Uh, Kafka 2.0? Uh, I think at GA, I, we plan to offer support for 2.0. And, and GA, you said, is next year or? Yes, next year. Mid next year, right? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Yep. Thank you for providing Kafka as a service. No problem. Um, so uh, can we bring our own AMIs to spin up the cluster? No. Those are all provided by the service. OK. So but if the organization has some hardening of the AMIs in place, how does that work? I, I'm, could you repeat the question? Uh, if the organization have, if our enterprise, the ours is an enterprise organization highly regulated, and all of our AMIs are hardened as per our regulations. So if I have to use those hardened AMIs, uh, is there any way that I can do that? And this is on the cluster side itself, um, not today, but we'd love to hear your feedback and maybe add that as a feature in the future. And does it need internet access to talk to each other? 
Um, it's all private connectivity, so the resources themselves just need access through your VPC. All right, thank yep. you. Um, it seems like that, oh sorry. Uh, go ahead. Um, it seems yeah. like you don't like um, allow for like automatic rebalance, so would you maybe allow for like a GVM agent like LinkedIn Cruise Control to automate that part or it's not in? There are a few tools, uh, I forgot to mention this, there are a few tools that do not work with the service and those are the tools that are uploading jar files to the brokers, but all the other open source tools uh, work. And I believe Cruise Control is one of those tools that uploads jar files. Yeah. Um, but you can still use other tools that do not to balance your partitions. I see, okay, thank yep. you. Sounds like a lot of people are asking questions about security. Mm -hmm. Is HIPAA eligibility and PCI on your roadmap? It is, yes. Any time frames you can share? I don't have time frames yet. Thank you. Yep. Uh, for the auto scale, oh, sorry. Go ahead. For the auto scale uh, storage, do you guys plan to use EFS or, or what other service do you plan to use for the auto scale storage? Uh, for EBS, uh, we plan to use a feature within uh, EBS that allows you to auto scale the, okay. the storage. It's not, for, it's not EFS, it's EBS. Yes, it's EBS. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yep. Would you be providing um, encryption per message? Encryption per message, is that, uh, oh, what do you not, mean by that? Not, not at the disk level, but at the message level. At the, excuse me? At the, at the message level, not at the disk level. Um, no, right now it's all at the disk level. Okay, I have another question. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, what about uh, infrastructure as code? Um, are you gonna provide resources in CloudFormation? And yes, there will be, we'll support CloudFormation okay. uh, at GA. Okay, yep. thank you. Yep. So if a Kafka node goes down, does it reattach the existing ABS volume or does it create a new? It reattaches the existing volume. Okay, and I heard that, uh, is it only EBS? Today, yes, we'll, we, we'll probably have some local storage options available as well. Okay. Can it be provisioned IOPS? Because you mentioned it's only GP2, right? Uh, we might provide provisioned IOPS. Um, we, it's, it, it could be a feature in the future. Okay, yeah. thank you. Have you done any side-by-side -side performance comparisons between Kinesis and Kafka, and do you have any data you can share? Um, great question. Uh, we haven't done side-by-side, -side, but I think we will do some side-by-side -side comparisons to give you more insight into the performance differences. Um, the, the one thing to note is the, the performance of Kafka itself with running on MSK should feel, look and feel as if it was running an EC2 for you. Um, but on your specific question, we haven't done that yet. Okay, thank yep. you. Yep. Do you plan in the future to support um, some of the other tooling like the Avro template registry, stuff like that? Uh, we don't have plans yet, but we're open to, to uh, learning about your, your needs. Yeah. Um, I got two questions. Um, the first is whether there are any other variables that go into the cost of the cluster besides uh, storage and the instances, such as um, uh, cross-AZ replication, yeah. for example. You'll have uh, more control over those variables uh, when it's generally available. Uh, right now, the, by default, it is 3AZ only. 
Um, and then uh, you'll have, today you can control encryption, your, the storage uh, size per broker, and then the broker type. Is the cross-AZ uh, cross replication something that we have to pay for, or is that just no. included in the cost? Oh, I forgot to mention that. Um, the, the replication, the data transfer that happens as a result of replication is free. It's included within the cost of the cluster. Okay. Um, then the other question was whether you will be providing any kind of um, single point of entry for the Kafka brokers. Uh, for our clusters, we like to give our developers just a single uh, URL as mm -hmm. the bootstrap server rather than a list of brokers. Is that something you want to support? That, that hasn't been raised to us yet, but that we, could, we could talk about that as a feature. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, another security question. Um, during the demo, I didn't notice uh, uh, like configuring security, like let's say at a, a topic level. I mean, is that like easily configurable through the UI? I mean, not through the UI, but you can do it through the uh, the variety of uh, tools that are available with with Kafka. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Uh, do you know if the storage options will include um, the possibility to use other uh, storage types like SD1 rather than GP2? Um, we might add, offer that capability. Our, uh, our intention is to keep it simple, but if there's a, a real need to offer different types, we will. Uh, okay. Uh, will it be possible to use Kafka as a, a trigger for lambdas? Something that we are thinking about, and it's, uh, it's one of those integrations with another AWS service that is a top ask from our customers that uh, we are thinking okay. about doing. And would you consider... Um, taking the Zookeeper part and offering that as a service as well? That is another piece of feedback we've heard. Um, we'll, we'll, as our, as uh, we run this service and get more feedback from customers, we'll, we'll, we can consider that. Okay, thanks. Yep. Uh, any support for cross-region application? Not yet. Sorry, not, not today. Uh, we don't have plans. Um, it, it's something that customers uh, have asked for, for within Kinesis as well. Uh, we don't have... Uh, a, a real easy way to replicate your data across regions, but you can do it through using a, a consumer and driving data across regions. So will there be any health check support, something like that? Will we have uh, kind of like I call an API to do a health check to see that like if uh, Kafka is all in a region, I can route, route my traffic to the region, something like that? Uh, is the, the question was, do you, is, do, are we going to offer the capability for you to do a health check on the cluster? Yeah. Yes, yes, okay. through CloudWatch metrics. If you already have a Kafka cluster running, uh, are there any plans to support any kind of migration for seamless migration? Um, the way that you'd migrate into, our, into, our, into the service is by uh, replicating your data. Uh, we don't have plans to uh, lift and shift your existing cluster. And, yeah. On the slide, it was mentioned that Kinesis is typically more cost-effective than Kafka in certain yeah. cases. Can you talk about the break-even points of when Kafka becomes yeah. more cost-effective? Um, what we've seen is when the read-to-write ratio is uh, roughly four to one, it can be more cost-effective to run Kafka. But that's just your infrastructure costs, not necessarily including the operational overhead of that. Thank you. Yep. Will you support SASL authentication, in particular, things like Kerberos? Um, that's something that we're thinking about, but not today. Yeah. GA maybe? Pa um, GA maybe? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> 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 
is it any possibility on node to install monitoring agent ourselves like as you mentioned you cannot support custom amis um, so you want to access the jmx metrics yeah, or some other node uh, exporter example uh, that is a, an ask that we've heard um, and it and it it's not likely to be available generally available when we go ga but it's something that we can include on a roadmap All right, any other questions? Thanks for joining me on an early Friday morning.